Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Welcome in to the DNVR Rockies podcast presented by Strava Craft Coffee. Remember to use that promo code DNVR20 and you will get 20% off your entire purchase of that CBD-infused, deliciously rich and potentially life-altering Strava Craft Coffee. I am your host, Drew Creaseman. I am the managing editor of DNVR Rockies, and with me on this episode, it's always a special edition when we can say hello to our good friend Manny Rendawa of MLB.com. It feels like it's been forever since we've seen you. How are you, my friend? I'm good, man. It's uh, I'm just you know I was, I was thinking yesterday when we were watching uh, I was watching one of the games last night, and I was like, we have baseball. That's great. You know, I mean, like, isn't it? Two months ago, you know, it was just so it was so difficult, obviously, for for obvious reasons with what's going on in the world. But we got baseball. So, I mean, with all this stuff, you know, I guess that's a good way to start what we're going to do with all the stuff going on and all the arguments we can have. At least we can have them. <laughs> it's, it's a right. good thing. It's great to be on the show. Always, always fun. Um, you know, I respect you among as one of the most professional uh, and diligent and uh, dedicated reporters on the Rockies uh, that there is. So I, it's always an honor to be on here. Hey, right back at you, and I and I can say with all honesty, this is the setup we're doing before we start getting into the all the arguing, right? Yeah. Uh, that that uh, our conversations over the years have uh, impacted the way I evaluate and look at the game, and, and right back at you. You know, you are you are one of the most diligent and qualified, and we are also, by the way, forever linked. These debates, I suspect, are going to go on for quite some time. Uh, I don't know if this has occurred to you. It occurred to me just a few days ago that. Whenever we get that that Hall of Fame vote from the BBWAA, if it remains the yeah. ten years, but it's going to be at the same time. So we're going right, to have fun. stuff to argue about for yeah. years to come. Uh, today, of course, we're going to focus a bit on the Colorado Rockies. Some of the overall picture, though, a little bit of a spoiler here. I, I think if we broke it down, Manny's position is that the Rockies are an average or mediocre baseball team. My position is that they are. Above average, a slightly above average baseball team. I've, of course, never claimed them to be elite. And we've got a very short season left to go for any of that to actually pan out and matter. I, I think where our disagreements run a bit deeper and, and go a bit farther are when it comes to philosophically, how this team builds, how they operate, uh, maybe particularly how Jeff Breidich operates. Um, but I actually think our biggest disagreement, Manny, is about the farm system and the way that the Colorado Rockies develop their prospects and system and maybe even how much they rely on in-house talent. So I want to give you sort of the opening salvo here and and lodge your critique of how not only the Rockies have, you know, according to MLB Pipeline, one of the worst farm systems in the league and, and, and run us through all of that, but why you feel like it's impacted 
you know, who they were in 2019, why it's impacting who they are now and, and why it limits what they can do in the future. Well, um, it, it goes, it, that's a pretty deep discussion, but I'll just start it with this. Um, the, we always, we always go back to the Dodgers and it's not completely fair because the Dodgers are, um, Dodgers are an elite club, but they're also, but they're all, yeah, they have money. They're an elite club. They have a lot of advantages that the Rockies don't have. They don't have to play a course field. So that's that. Okay. But, but they're also the best team in the national league. So when you look at it, when you look at guys that come up through the Dodger system, it seems like it seems it, it feels like, or seems like every time somebody comes up, they're either homering in their first at bat or hitting a walk-off homer in their first game. And it's because, um, oh, we they do an incredible job developing those players. But also, when you come up and, and you're in the lineup for the first time with the Dodgers, when you're looking up and you're looking around you, you've got Muncie, Seager, Bellinger, Turner, Betts. I mean, it goes on and on and on. The supporting cast around the, 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 the core, around the main three guys, which would be hard to identify the main three guys because there's so many good players on the, on, the, on the Dodgers and so many good hitters. You don't have that pressure. You don't have to have to perform like you don't have to be the guy. You know, it's like every every season, last few seasons, it's been, well, Ryan McMahon's got to step up or, you know, now Sam Hillier has got to step up. These guys have to show what they can do. Garrett Hampson, who's doing that, have got, they've got to show what they can do in order for the Rockies to win. That's not the case in L.A. And I know, you know, again, caveat with all the, the advantages built in of being the Dodgers. Um, you also have guys who don't have that pressure on their shoulders coming up to have to perform. And then guess what? They perform. Um, so that's one of the things, you know, it's, and as far as player development too, analytics, I mean, the, the Dodgers are on the forefront of that. We, we all know that the Dodgers have one of the largest analytics departments in the game. And obviously that filters through to the develop, uh, the, the developments, the developmental guys in the development program. So the, the Rockies are sorely lacking in that from, from what we can see. I mean, we can't see everything because, Analytic and analytics are proprietary. I mean, for, for different teams. So we can't see everything. So with that said, it's showing on the field right now. So the development part is that and it's combined with other factors is, is what you have with the Rockies now. Yeah, no, I, I actually don't disagree with anything that you've just said. I, I think my contention would be, and I, I think where a lot of my frustration arises with the way this conversation is had, especially publicly and especially among people in the media because fans are going to feel how they feel. And, and, you know, we, we do our best to inform the conversation. And that's why I, I tend to focus my frustrations more on that is because the Rockies are never going to that team. Now, analytically, let, let's put what you said about that aside for a minute, but the team that, like you said, they're, they're not going to compete with the Dodgers in terms of resources or being able to, they're always going to be a team that needs their young guys to come up and step up and a couple of players to click for them to compete they're That's in fair. that way in a That's group fair. of i think most teams in baseball if you're not the dodgers the yankees the red sox the cubs and i think you can probably throw the cardinals in there <clears throat> then you're not doing that well i'd say what's what i'd say to that is the the yeah you're right but the 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 cat there's a cavernous gap between the two clubs now, you have to balance that with what you just said, which is true, which is you, you can't sign Mookie Betts, you know, if you're the Rockies. So, so that's fine. But at the same time, 
if you're gonna if you're at that disadvantage you have to you have to you have to get an edge somewhere else that's where we part of that part of that is the development of players coming through your farm system but also in terms of the results like gap is really way too big now we'll get into this discussion more about like the, the that combined with you know decisions that this front office has made as far as where to spend their money um as far as free agency and everything else but um you look at a team like the rays and with the this constraints that they have let's just put it this way the rockies have spent uh 263 million more dollars million dollars more than the rockies have in the last three years and have won 25 more games so that that argument holds water to a certain point but not beyond reason because at that at that point you can look at teams that are way down on the on the uh, totem pole with respect to payroll that are getting more out of what they have than the colorado rockies for example i mean that 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 cuts both ways again there there are also teams that have spent way more and gotten yeah but we're talking about the rockies right so i can we we could be talking about we could be talking about other clubs that have just because we are talking about the, I don't see the comparison game, right? You know, this we could be talking about well, but but if you're going to talk about the Rockies the and you want so to and you emulating the Dodgers system, like you even just made the argument for why the Rockies need to be doing their own unique thing, and I think well, that's not con- well, not completely. That's not what I said. What I'm saying well, is you need to find an edge where you can, and part of that is developmentally. And if you're not even doing anything similar in terms of analytics, etc to what teams who have had success bringing guys through the system for whatever reason, um, then that's a problem. And so far, that's what's shown. And look, if you, get, so, uh, if you bring guys like Hampson and Mann and Hilliard and all these guys up, mm-hmm. you put on to them the pressure of you've got to perform right now. And then secondly, and the, why you gotta, and the reason why you got to perform right now is because we're not performing. Now, now, in 2017, you could have said some, you could argue differently. 2018. Yeah, that, yeah. At this that point, was, that at this point, they, they had their couple of years. They had a couple of years, and then it becomes a question of: Are they still in that infancy period in the big leagues where you, you know, you're going to top you? Same thing. Are you going to give them that that leash, that leeway, and say you're still developing? You know, we're we're trying to we're trying to graduate you into an everyday big leaguer who can produce. Or at that point, do you say this is not going to be an everyday big leaguer that can produce? So that's a question as well. But Graduated those two guys though. Rymel Tapia has got a 455 on base percentage out of the leadoff spot. Uh, and, 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 and 30 in 30 games in 30 games, I can't tell you what I think of Rymel Tapia yet. But it's I could tell you what I think of him from from the last three years, but I can't tell you what I think of him here. Um, Garrett Hampson's been impressive. Rymel Tapia has been pretty good too, especially with his eye at the plate. Um, you know, in one game, I think he drew more. Yeah, I think 10 percent of his career walks in one game yeah. this year. But, I don't expect um, the walks to continue, but, but uh, yeah, what I'm saying is, it, 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 sample size for this year is very small. But it's also not an accident. That's Anyone also, yeah, that's also that why really good at bats. Yeah, but that's also why um, when you look at a team that starts 11 and three and then goes six and 17 or seven and 16 after that, um, all in five weeks, um, that that's that's because they played 30 games. Um, this is not. Neither of those two streaks are who this team this team is, um, n- and neither is particularly close. But what's happened last year and this year is, man, has it spiraled? As in, when the baseball's been good, boy, has it been good, especially the pitching. And when the baseball's been bad, it's been horrifically bad. It's been yeah. ugly. 
That's um, all of Rocky's history. That's well, well, yeah, yeah. I guess you could do history. that. You could say it's a microcosm. No, no it's we, we had a reprieve. One hundred percent. In twenty eighteen, we had a reprieve because I was thinking about this yesterday. I was like, man, this is really. We're since last year we've been back to cores. You know, back to what cores really was. In twenty eighteen, when Freeland had his year and Herman Marcus was was doing his thing, and you know they they got something decent out of three and four. Like you you could you saw almost normal baseball for a while. For an extended period of time, twenty eighteen is the, is the and and, and that's that's the, the only way. Yeah, the only way that there's there's two ways the Rockies win like that, and like they, they, they did in twenty eighteen, which is an overperformance, I, I think, or by slugging, and 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 having a strong enough bullpen that if you get down if you get down three or four runs, if, if you get down three or four runs by the fifth, that you I, I was. We were talking to uh, Dante Bichette on this video we did for the uh, the Bombers recently, 25 year anniversary, um, and he said, "Man, <laughs> we were down. If we were down with the in the fifth inning, we knew we were going to come back. I mean, we just knew we were going to come back in '95 um, because they slugged like 600 as a team or something outrageous at home. Yeah. I mean, yeah. outrageous. And yes, that's before uh, <laughs> that's that's a humidor before a humidor. But at the same time, but at the same time." The Rockies need to win 50 games a year at home. If you don't do that, you're not going to get to the postseason because of the the cores effect, the reverse cores effect, going back down to sea level. So, um, you know, there comes That's a time. Totally the opposite. Like, there I, comes I, a time I, where you have to you have to stick with something. Like, you have to go with this is how we're going to do this, and we're not going to be afraid of it. We're just going to do it, and we are going to take all of the uh, we're going to take this boogeyman away. Bud Black has done that with his pitching staff. At least in 2018, by 2018, he had done that, where it was like every day you you were you and I were there every day. He would say, "We tell our pitchers, you make a bad pitch, it's going to get hit here. Sea level doesn't matter." And you know what? That doesn't make sense because here, actually, that's not true. However, if it's true for them, it starts to happen, and that's what started to happen with this team in 2017 and 18. Was Buddy got it in these pitchers' heads that look, it's not that big of a deal. Go and pitch. And they did that. Um, it's unraveled in the last couple of years for various reasons. Part of it, the baseball, I think. But at the same time, and we've talked about that, but at the same time, that's the attitude the organization, I think, in the front office needs to have. Like, we're not going to be afraid of this boogeyman called I Coors Field. through the Bill we, Guy era. No, you can't ignore Coors we, Field. You have we, to address it. No, no you have to use it. You have to, you have to that's use right. it. That's you have absolutely to use it. Right. And what but, that means is you have to hit. At Coors Field, I completely disagree. I think that is the absolute. Well, then how do you? But then how do you? But then how do you use it? Play defense. You have to minimize the chaos of it. As you're not going to be able to put three people in the gap. Yeah, right center and left center. Before, when you look at the best seasons in this team's history, they all pitched well and played phenomenal defense. I think the biggest mistake that Jeff Breidich has made in his tenure wasn't the free agents that he signed that we all know that didn't pan out. Some of those, obviously big mistakes. I think the biggest mistake they made was after the NLDS in 2018, deciding exactly what you just decided, which was they have to hit. They decided defense didn't matter as much anymore. Well, if, like, you, well they, if they decided they had to hit, they haven't done that. Well, but they, they did not they, succeed at that. So if they don't succeed at it, you can't really critique it. It, it, it was really on them for is that you can't just go and get a guy and expect that his career numbers are going to improve at Coors Field or stick and be what they've been. People keep forgetting about the hangover effect and the fact that these no, 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 I'm talking about course. I'm talking about course specifically. You're going to lose. You're going to be below 500 on the road. I think the 18 team was the yeah. first team to finish at 500 on the road. Really you're going to be. 
you're not going to win games on the road. That's a fact of life. Uh, in a broad sense, you're going to go, you're going to go, you're going to go 35, you're, you're going to go 38 and 40. What's the difference? 30, 40 and 42 would be 38 and 44. That's what you're going to do on the road every year. If you're a good Rockies team, you need to win 55 games at home. That's what you got to do. If I, you're going to win. Yes. There's no evidence for that. There's plenty of evidence. Well, the other but there's way. evidence that the, that the pitching and defense teams and all of their teams that have gotten to the postseason and gone to the, you know, or gone. I guess there was only the one team that went to the World Series, obviously. But uh, all of those teams went the other direction with it, and were better on the road. We're especially in 2018. It was their calling card. That's the formula. Is 2018? It's the only time they've actually been able to minimize the chaos. And it was 100. Well, 2017, but it was 100 by design. And so I, I don't understand why someone would say, especially because there's no evidence of it anywhere else in baseball either of a, of a team being successful just based on their offense and more or less giving well, up on the idea of. Not, well, you're not giving up on pitching. Look, between what I said about Bud Black and what he has done with the pitching, Bud Black, Bud Black is a good manager. He has done with what he has had to work with, I think, a good job. All the stuff that's happening on the field, um, look, Manage, managers make mistakes too, of course. So some of that you lay at his feet. But when a, when a, and I'm going to use this buzzword again: roster construction. Okay, we're going to. I know we're going to. That's the buzzword here. Rost, when a roster is constructed so that you're getting nothing, virtually nothing out of out of what's uh, beyond your three best players, which are that's three fantastic true. players. No, no, no. Well, we'll go into that. We'll go into that in a second. I I have numbers for you, and you can and you can and you can and you can uh, you can t- you can you can re- rebut me there. Okay. But um, the pitching staff, they can pitch. Mm-hmm. The Rockies probably have right now, in terms of young pitching, it's gone haywire the last couple of years, but in terms of how young they are and what they've got, they have probably the best stable of arms in a starting rotation than they, that they've had ever. You can tell me if that's true. I think it's that's, true. That's 100% true. And they're all that doesn't mean that, that doesn't mean that you're not going to give up five runs a game. So that being said, you got to score eight. And you got to do that at home because when you go on the road, we know it's not personnel. That's the problem. We had Todd Helton come through here, Larry Walker, Dante Bichette, mm-hmm. um, Matt Holiday, go on and on and on. And every team, without fail, year after year, is terrible on the road. Mm-hmm. And it's because of that detrimental course factor of going back and seeing actual break pitches break, you know, at, at, at sea level. And then by the time you kind of like get used to it coming back here, so win at home. You got to do that because if you can do that, then you can afford to go at 500 or a little bit less. If your franchise in history in 27 years has finished at 500, not above, one time on the road, that tells you something. And with all the different things that you've tried, tells you something. It tells you you got to slug at home. And with the pitching staff that's finally able to kind of put that boogeyman out of their head because of their manager, the first pitcher to manage a Rockies team, um, and a guy who we know is very. Um, player as a player's manager um with that background you pitch how you pitch which is going to be a, a five era or four eight era at home and hopefully a three nine era on the road and at home you score five runs a game that's how you win probably the only way you can really go after that because if you try to do it the other way it's not sustainable because we'll go into it the race for example, and you're gonna and, and you're gonna you're gonna have your chance here to rebut me on this. The Rays have spent 
$263 million less than the Rockies have in the last three years and won 25 more games. Outside of their top three uh, players in terms of war over that time, they've had 55 war, 55 wins above replacement from the, the supporting cast, if you will. The Rockies, minus 1.6 war. They've actually been negative war. So you've got to construct your roster so that you have more guys that can hit around Story, Blackman, and Arnado. Because not only do the young guys have pressure when they come up here, because you've got to perform right now for us to have a chance, but also Nolan and Trevor and Charlie, those guys have to, those guys have an immense, on that, that trio's shoulders, there's an immense pressure and burden. Because then, especially, you know, Nolan. I mean, Nolan, you know, every time we talk to Nolan, you can see the anguish. Like you can see when they're losing and you can see how workmanlike and business businessman like he is or business like he is when they're winning, which is to say he takes it hard. This is a big deal to him. Same with Charlie. One thing that the Rockies don't have, perhaps, is that guy who's like loosening up the clubhouse and like the guy, the Gerardo Parra or, or even a superstar like, you know, I think of the 04 Red Sox because, you know, Poppy and Manny Ramirez and all those, the band of idiots, right? That was like the extreme version. The Rockies have nothing like that. But the one thing they do have is really serious guys who take their work very seriously and are really, really hurt by losing. However, when you put all that pressure on three guys who are like that and the, the only three guys who are producing, that's a recipe for disaster. That's it to Thomas Harding because he loves that phrase. Uh, that's Not for the Rockies, but he loves the phrase because old was, NFL film stuff, you know. There's, there's a lot to unpack there. You went in a lot of different directions. First of all, if we're just talking about this season, uh, the notion that it, the, the Rockies are a team of three hitters and nobody else is patently absurd. Nolan Arenado has been awful. He's been beyond awful. He's been a bottom third hitter in just about all of the important categories in baseball. And the one that I've always held him up for, which I think is the most important that most people totally ignore, which I don't get, you know, creating runs, actually driving, driving runs in and scoring and helping your team win games. He's been a disaster. He's was hitting 156 with runners in scoring position. Uh, that went down. I haven't double checked what it is today where Rymal Tapia, Garrett Hampson, Sam Hilliard and Ryan McMahon are all. And again, Use whatever stat you want. You want to go WRC plus, you want to go expected batting average, you want to go exit velo, whatever you're looking at. Those guys, well, ex, not exit velo for Rymal Tapia, but again, that's, we don't have time to get into that. That's clearly by design. Again, if you watch that kids at bats, his production right now is, is by design. It's because he's purposefully doing things at the plate that he was known for doing throughout his entire minor league career and hasn't, has only really shown flashes at this point uh in his major league career until now but all of those guys are providing more offense than nolan arenado is and so while in the grand scheme like we, we could get back to the huge theory in general whether or not the rockies should be a slugging team which i one don't think so and two i i i don't even really think that like i don't think it, you have to choose between one or the other like you said you, you don't I'm have not saying you have to choose i'm saying that i, I just thought, told you about the pitching staff i mean it's there the thing is, the Rockies don't have the resources. That, that's where I start to get Why not? a little bit that's frustrated with, with the – because they don't have the money. Because they don't have where a that, where, where to go? TV deal. I'm not where talking about right now. I'm talking about over 27 years of history and going on into their future. If if and when they don't re-sign Trevor and Nolan Arenado opts out, and let's say they manage to trade Charlie Blackman to a team that takes his entire contract. They have all that money. They still – don't have the resources 
to put both a pitching staff on the field that's capable of doing like what you just said. This is the best pitching staff they've ever had. Part of the reason why that's the case is because they've had to devote resources and time and development and all of that. That's and development. And that's development. It's not free agency. To back those guys up with defense. These this particular group of pitchers. One of the reasons why they've been so good, for example, Kyle Freeland inducing just an obscene number of double plays, not just this year. He's been great at this year, but throughout his whole career is because of the defense that they put around these guys. And that's left side in the game. I don't think you can argue. Most of the time, you don't have superstars like Nolan Arenado and Trevor Story. And when you do, those guys become very expensive and they eat up the vast. But the problem is, is that winning begets winning begets winning. Winning that, begets winning, and winning has to start from development. But not only that, that's a but not argument. No, it's you're not. Right. It's right. It's right in what you're talking about. Because look, said was, it's was right in what you're talking about. If if you want to have the money, win. If you want to win, when you have the money, don't give it to Ian Desmond. The egg situation. Don't give seventy million dollars to Ian Desmond. For that's example, a completely different conversation. Manny. No, it's not because if you win, if you don't spend that money there, and then you win games, you're going to have that money in the future. Okay, because winning begets winning begets money. Now that's that's a general broad term, but it's true. But that's um, so when when when, that when has teams to do with the Colorado Rockies 27 years of existence and not. Yeah, I'm well. No, we're, we're talking. We're, we're talking about defense you can't just have superstars we're talking about we're talking about signing mike hampton we're talking about signing Danny nagel we're talking about a lot of different things here but we're also talking about the last three years the last four years as well that's part of it and if you don't spend the money wisely that you have discretionary money that you have wisely you said nolan arenado and and or the top three guys are the only are, are the are not the only guys who are hitting and they're not the only guys who are producing value for fan graphs the Rockies have produced 3.3 batter war. Okay, their lineup has produced 3.3 wins above replacement. The uh, entire plus in batter Colorado Rockies and with an uneven schedule and when they three, played games on 3.1 war, I should say, 3.1 wins above replacement, and the top three guys have produced 3.8. What, what that tells you is the rest produced minus point zero or minus point seven. It's a useless statistic, especially for the call. You can, you can say that, but you can't say why. You got to tell me the other guys are producing why? results. Me over to this side. They are. It's, I think they are unfair. I think they are unfair to a degree, but not to that degree. Yeah, to that degree, especially in a short season, especially when you've played an uneven schedule, and especially when you've had an inordinate number of games on the road. It's not even close, and especially when you don't have these other guys. And this has always been one of my problems with WRC plus and OPS plus the notion that there's only one way to be a productive or every productive offensive player should fit a particular mold and guys that hit a lot of singles or get on base a lot. They don't count. Right. But at some point, the numbers are not lying at some point. We're not talking about future projection, Manny. I'm not talking about who to sign to the next contract. We're talking about who has produced results. It's one thing to go out and talk about WRC plus and war and these other things when it's an extrapolation, when we're talking about a long sample size, when we're really trying to get at the true nature of a player. That's not the question. The question is true nature of players is what these guys should be looking at. No, not. But you're mixing two completely different conversations together. We're talking about philosophy, right? That's one conversation. But you keep mixing in how these guys are playing right now 
that, that, has, that bears on the philosophy of this team front office. Bring in how they're playing right now. This is my biggest problem with the way the Colorado Rockies are covered and talked about. It is, the narrative always gets put right on top of whatever's happening right this second. And oftentimes it very much does not apply. And then people point to some random statistic. Not random. I think I lost you. Are you there? I don't know if it's just me who's lost you there or I mean I've lost you philosophically, but you know. Well, apparently my internet connection decided that it was time for a little bit of a break there. So since I've got just a little bit of time to take a breath before we jump back into this whole thing with Manny and I where we just kept going. I got to give a shout out, of course, you know, to our sponsors, including, of course, DraftKings. Now, I know you guys have been down with the program for a little bit of time here. You've been following us as we've been giving you baseball bets. There's all kinds of great ones every single day. One of the great things, of course, about baseball, betting the over-unders on strikeouts, who's going to hit a home run, who's going to win the game, who's going to get the, the money line, any of the stuff for Know, the rest of the regular season, but we got to talk just a little bit of football today, even if it's not your thing, because right now, if you download that DraftKings Sportsbook app, they're really helping you out. Have you ever heard of a football team losing by 100 points? Probably not. Uh, it's never happened that I can recall. And in week one, DraftKings is ensuring that even if Kansas City were to lose in historic fashion, you still cash your bet. That's right. At DraftKings Sportsbook, they have moved the spread to Kansas City to plus 101 points for all users. That's insane. So even if Kansas City loses by 100, and they won't, <laughs> you will still win big with DraftKings Sportsbook. It's a no-brainer bet. On top of that amazing offer, DraftKings is giving away up to $100 million in prizes to all users who enter their free football survivor pool. All you have to do is sign up for a DraftKings Sportsbook uh, and enter the survivor pool and you'll instantly get a share of up to $100 million in giveaways. Remember to download that DraftKings Sportsbook app and use the code, the promo code, I should say, in case you were wondering, DNVR to take advantage of this no-brainer of an offer. It's promo code DNVR. You get in on all the action for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Other terms and conditions and restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-522-4700. And of course, if you want to make sure that you're making the best of all that extra cash that you've got on the side, you want to make sure that you're investing wisely, you're doing all the smart things that you can, well, then you've got to check out our friends at msudenver.edu online. They've got great programs for you, whether you're trying to start out a new degree, finish up an old one, just get a few more extra skills underneath your belt. Whatever it is, you can find it at MSU Denver online. They've got teachers who are skilled and prepared for virtual learning and aren't just now trying to figure it out in the wildness of the 2020 world. They can help you with whatever it is you're trying to figure out. Like I said, you're trying to finish up that old degree. Maybe you just want to learn something new so that you can apply it to your world in your everyday life out there. Either way, you can find it. Make yourself better at msudenver.edu slash online. Let's get back into it. Hey, are we still here? 
<laughs> you guys, can you tell us if we're still, uh, if you guys can still see us? I, I, I think we're back now. Sorry, everybody. Not sure what's going on with my internet. I don't know if you heard me. I said I've lost you philosophically, and now I've lost you on the screen. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Completely lost out there wandering in the wilderness. Well, that was unfortunate. But Well, look. Go ahead. Anyway, the, the, the point that I was trying to make is simply that this is this is where it really does become frustrating because I the, the narrative overtakes what's actually happening on the field. And if you've got Nolan Arenado right now, in a moment of honesty and asked him not over the grand scheme of things for this season, just this year, are you pulling your weight? He would well, say, the thing, absolutely. The thing, the thing not. is, the thing no, no, is, Drew, no, 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 hold up, hold up. Let me, fin let me, finish I love that we're, point. I love that this is hostile because we are friends and <laughs> we can never get to this, this point. And this is great podcasting. Go on. Let, please. let me finish the point because it, it, it does not help. For the makeup of the red, you talk about the pressure it puts. And I think you made a very good point earlier when you've got to be the young guy that comes up and contributes. Well, when you're the young guy who is contributing and your team and basically your role on the team has been called out by the superstar and now he's not contributing when people ignore that as a part of the problem so that they can go back to putting all the blame on Jeff Breidich and the Colorado Rockies roster construction, while that is definitely a conversation that needs to be had, when those two things get mixed up and sometimes very purposefully so, it robs nuance from the conversation about the Colorado Rockies and it paints an inaccurate picture of why they're losing baseball games. This team is four or five games comfortably above 500. Now, whether or not that means anything or not, totally debatable. I think you and I would both agree it actually wouldn't mean that much different for the, for the grand scheme of things. But if Nolan Arenado was his normal self, that's where they would be. And I wouldn't be getting daily emails about blowing the whole team up and getting rid of Nolan and Trevor and Charlie and trading John Gray. And I admire your fight, by the way. But it is. <laughs> I, admire, I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you do it. But you, you know what I mean? Does that is that fair that at the well, very least, I, I want us to be able to recognize the difference between, yes, Jeff Breidich didn't go and get Nolan Arenado the help that he probably should have. Whether it was this year or in previous years, that's a totally fair argument. But it's also true that Nolan hasn't pulled his weight in the short season, small sample size, but he hasn't. He's been a big problem right in the middle of that lineup. And that through both his play and his words and actions, he's put a ton of more pressure on other guys who actually are contributing right now, regardless of what their WRC plus says. Ronald Toppy and Garrett Hampson, have directly contributed to the Rockies winning individual baseball games. Whether they'll continue to in the future, I don't know. But it's a short season, and they've helped the team win. We, we do a thing, and, and again, you'll, you'll hate this as far as a, a, a large sample size data guy. But after every game, we give away the king of the game, brought to you by DraftKings. Use the promo code DNBR, right? After every game, we You're give very away the king. With that. Hey, got to do, got to pay the people pay who the pay bill. your bills. That's huh. right. Um, Nolan Arenado's been king of the game once. Sam Hilliard's been king of the game like three or four times. Right now, that's, Nolan, by the way, does Nolan know about this? Because that might just light a fire under him. 
Hey, I gotta, I, I, have to, I gotta be DNVR king of the game, man. See me call out the team yesterday. They're fighting yes. their heart and their guts, and then they came from behind to win after six one down. Of course, that doesn't mean anything, but they did show fight and heart and guts. If that's what it takes, fine, bro. But we're in a weird year this year too, and that's the other thing that I, I think we have to keep reminding people of that this small sample size of of games can't mean all that much, and so. I'm actually with you philosophically speaking in some direction, not going after the sluggers and stuff, but when you said uh, those few free agent signings that you do make, and I do think there should be very few of them, especially big dollar guys. If anything, I'd spread it out and get as many like $5 million, uh, you know, Daniel Bard plus types dudes on your team. Just bring in dudes. Um, Cause as we've seen with guys like Jake McGee and Brian Shawnee and Desmond, when you pour it all into one basket, and that guy can't figure out Coors Field. Well, that's what the Rays have done really well, right? They got a bunch of two-war players. Love it. Every year. Love it. Every year. And, and that's and where they get success from. I just don't think if you're the Colorado Rockies, you can get when you get a two-war two player, you've got to decide if that guy's a bat-first guy or a defense-first guy. I don't think you can have it both ways. That's what I was trying to say earlier. So that's where I would go defense first guys that's why i want to put daniel murphy on the bench right now and have josh fuentes even though i still don't think he's going to hit at first base every day because i think that defense especially in a short season matters that much more but for the rockies and particularly for the rockies pitching staff to help keep as you put it that boogeyman off of their back because it's bad enough when you've got a four run inning because the ball keeps finding the gap when it turns into a six run inning because your first baseman can't field a, a decent short hop you know then you start losing your mind and that's where, right. for me, the defense has to matter that much more everywhere. That's why I think the Kevin Pillar move makes a ton of sense. And we, we saw him make a great catch the other day. And, you know, that, that's why I would invest more in defense than slugging if it has well, to be one or the other. If, if you're I can right and there's that, a way to create a, 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 a roster where you can do both, I don't know that that's possible. Yeah, well, but, well yeah. let, me, let me respond to that. Um, I'm going to go back to something that, uh, I don't know that it was in the. I don't think it was in the book. I don't know if it was in the book, but in the in the movie Moneyball, because of course that's one of the great baseball movies of all time. It, it only took us thirty five minutes. I was, was. I had a couple others I was going to do, but yeah. It, it was probably it was probably unfair though to Art Howe. I will say that because um, he was a bad oh, guy. Yeah. But when when that and that scene where Pitt is sitting with uh, or um, when Bean is sitting with Art Howe and he's like, I want Pena in the lineup. He can't play first base, or not Pena in the line. I want Pena on the bench. I want Hatterberg in the line. He can't right. play first base. Right. Defense doesn't matter. Okay. Yeah, I don't buy now, that at all. Now, <laughs> maybe for that the is a, <laughs> that is a that is a four football that, field that is a loaded that's a that's a very broad statement, but it, and it's made in the heat of the moment, so it's not exactly true. But in the spirit of that statement, I think the spirit is true. Hit first. Okay. If you're at first base in particular, you got to hit. You got to slug. Daniel Murphy doesn't cut it. Ian Desmond doesn't cut it. That's yeah. a traditionally position for a slugger to be standing at. And and, it's, and how many first basemen were not Todd Helton? How many first basemen were basically just just pillars there, just standing there the whole time? So yeah. what I'm saying to you is, you can do that in a normal ballpark. I no, don't but, think no, but, you can but, get but, away but, with that. But at in Coors but Field. at Coors Field, what you're saying is, we have you have to have a defense because they're going to hit more. Why don't you just hit more? Why don't you just hit more? You I don't what I'm think it's that because it, it, it's you, that you the have these giant seven out of ten times. That's you have this giant park, okay? Be successful, yeah. Ninety-eight percent of the time, you have a giant ballpark. 
you do want you to have good defense, but if it's going to come, but here's the other thing too. I'm not let's, saying that let's go to the let's go to the overall first. the overall picture here. What you said was that these are two separate separate conversations. They're not. They're inextricably linked because if we're not going to talk about the past and the future of this club with respect to what's there now, there's no point in talking about this season is in a vacuum. This season is a result of decisions made years ago, and it's going to impact the next few seasons down the road. The problem and is when you have the Dodgers, Dodgers aren't going to leave Los Angeles, so they're not going to leave the Ashley West. You're going to con- continue to fight for, you know, to, to, to get in, a, in a, you know, hopefully the Rockies will be an expanded playoff uh, uh, field going forward. No, you're no, still no, going no, no, no. Just, You're still going to be fighting. Cards. Just two wild You're cards. still going to be fighting, scratching for, for a one chance, for one game for your season instead sure. of winning a division title, which the club hasn't in its history. You've got to think about this philosophically as a bigger problem, not just one year. And it, and, and, and you said about these guys like Campson and, and then you and, can't uh, and, use evidence that are hitting one year. No, no, no. If no, I know. True, but what I'm saying is those guys, use, I'm but, using evidence from three years. I gave you three that's years fine. numbers, but just, just you, just, I'm just saying you and, and another be diligent about this now because it happens a lot. If You're the one who's totally, wanting to say we should focus on this year, not no, everything else that's happened around it. Well, that's because, I, I think those two things can be separated, and no. sometimes we do have to. They're Manny, not. it's literally my job to talk about this team every single day for just this season. I have to do that. I know, we I know, have, that's true. We can link the conversation sometimes, but not every damn. Well, it depends day. on what you're talking not about. Every, especially it depends on what you're talking about. We're talking in contrast, here. right? You, but when you say things like it's a team of three hitters, and Nolan Arenado's hitting a buck fifty with runners in scoring position, and Ryan Maltapia has been the driving force of the offense, that's ridiculous. And well, so, in response to that, so, I'll say this: if you if your hitter, if your if your main superstar can't sur- if you can't survive three weeks of bad play or bad performance of the play from Nolan Arenado, that's a symptom of the problem. Nolan's not the Nolan is not the problem. It's a symptom. Of that's a team a that is constructed. That is it, no, it's not. It's not. He's getting Look, paid thirty-five million dollars. You tell no for 30, 30 games, man. Thirty games. You tell me a guy doesn't go through a slump for a month in baseball. This that happens a lot. Slumps. And not only that, go look at around the league. Go look around the league at sluggers who have slumped, who are big-time sluggers, getting paid a lot of money, whose teams have weathered that storm fine. There's a reason for that. Yeah, the Dodgers, the Cubs, the Yankees, the teams we talked about who have a whole bunch of resources to buy. That's a cop out too, man. More at, than some one point, at some if point, you, you can't say that. You can't, ex- you can't just make excuses. Dollars, then you're going to have more than one guy who can do those things. If you want to win a World Series, if you want to win – look, I'm not a GM. Won't be – haven't been one. It's a, it's it's The job is incredibly difficult. It, I have such great respect for not only Jeff Reitich, but – Anybody who is in that position because of how difficult a job it is to run a major league baseball team. However, as media, my job, part of it is to analyze things, right? Analyze what's going on. And if you're an analytical thinker, all you can see with the Rockies is just put some guys around your main three and you're going to be not only you're going to be an above 500 team for the entire season, not just a few games here and there. This is a team. This is a team that if, if, if Ryan Maltapia is, what, you, oh, what did you say? God. Fueling, fueling your offense, and Garrett Hampson fueling your offense. You got a major problem. Yeah, it's Nolan Arenado. <laughs> it's not because Nolan Arenado's not hitting. It's because yes, there's only there are only two other guys in that lineup who are expected to hit. That's the problem. And if you can't survive a month of Nolan Arenado slumping, you can't survive as an offense. That's the two problem. Months. First of all, it's two months of Nolan Arenado slumping at this point, and. 
<laughs> I'm sorry, but no, most small to mid market teams aren't going to survive. What you're saying is they're not going to win the World Series. That's essentially what you're saying. They're not. This year, no. And if no, they no, no, do no. win any, the World any Series, season, I'm, I'm not talking about this year. In any season, if they win the World Series, it's not going to be by trying to figure out how to beat the Dodgers out there by playing like the Dodgers I'm in saying. here. If we're going to, that's exactly beat the, the Dodgers out there by playing like the Rays in here, for mm. example. No, they got to figure out, and I think they've been working on it and working toward it. And other than the free agent moves that they've made recently. By going to a particular, and we didn't really get much into the farm system and develop stuff like I wanted to, that has been their bread I and butter. I got time, man, Whenever you but, want, however long you want to go. <laughs> I got to cut this one off here before too long. But the <laughs> if they're going to win the world, I, I was going to say something more like the Royals or the Washington Nationals. That's going to be because those teams have actually won the World Series. The Rays have not. So I'm going to go with you know some formulas that have actually worked. Well, I'll say the Rays, Rays win their, 92 games every year. Let's just say that. That's really super great, and I'm happy for them and the A's that they have those formulas that they never keep players around and they never keep fans around and they never keep any interest. Would you rather have a team that wins 92 games a year and has a shot I've or a team, that does what the Rockies the, a team that does what the Rockies have done 100 times over? And what I think a lot of people both in media and just generally in fans forget is that there's more than one way to want your team to be as – especially when only one team wins the World Series at the end of every year. It's actually okay for fans or even people in the media to say, you know, I actually think it's more valuable and more interesting for an organization that's probably not going to win the World Series to have superstar players around and try to build around them a little bit, be loyal to their around. guys, be loyal to their fans. That's they try, Manny, but they Good haven't work. been successful at it. That's right. Okay. But that's, that, again, philosophy. okay, but – that's not the same as the philosophy we're talking about. Execution of the thing and the actual thing are two completely separate deals. They didn't know that Jake McGee and Brian Shaw were going to turn into pumpkins or Ian Desmond or whatever. And if that's advanced scouting and analytics, I think all that stuff is true. I think they can get better at all that stuff. But none of them were philosophically speaking the wrong moves. And so yes, they were. Not the not the bullpen. I didn't think the bullpen was a bad move. I mean, that, that's what I mean. That's what Ian Desmond. If you're going to. If you're gonna, if you're gonna throw, I mean, and if you're gonna, about the Andrew Murphy move, and yeah, if you're gonna, if you're gonna go and and put a lot of money into some guys who've proven themselves before, yeah, they're a little bit older, but have proven themselves before, and you and you want to do it because you're playing course field and you want to lock down bullpen because you want to be able to not only lock it down, but you also want to come back late in the game and hold that and hold the score where it's at. I didn't fault them for that, and everything just absolutely fell apart. Something sometimes has to happen. To their career numbers, the Rockies but, would have won the division in 2018. And but again, again, you're not able to use that as part of the grand scheme of their philosophy the, is the reason that's well. Yeah, but the problem the is division, the execution of that philosophy. Well, you're talking about execution. So what you're talking about is this year. How's it going? What I'm talking about is in a five-year span between 17 and 22. How's it going, and how's it going to go? And it doesn't look good. I don't. That's the problem, is it because it doesn't look good to you. Looks all right to me. Let's find out. Well, I don't think I don't think the goal oh, no. should be to have two superstar players and that, that won't win the World Series, but just kind of we'll see how it goes. It's I'm it's, sure you got to build sure a winner. Ninety-five percent of baseball media people would have said the exact same thing about the Washington Nationals about halfway into last season. Yeah, I, sure. Yeah, yeah. and I, I but, you but know, the some, thing is, but the thing is, the I thing don't is, think it's a bad thing, methodology. It works for some. Thing people is, the Washington, yeah. The thing is, is that the Washington Nationals, and this was true of the Giants in 10, 12, 14, they're teams that 
find Easy. their way into the World Series. And there's this whole this idea of the hot hand or whatever. It's a fallacy, but it's also kind of, in a sense, if you look at it in the right lens, it's true. It's way more true having, than the Yankees or Dodgers and spend all the money. And how many worlds? I'm not saying I'm not saying play. I'm not saying spend the money no, no. that they do. I'm saying spend the money you have in, no. in a better way. But again, no, no, no. I'm just and saying why do you not have money now because you didn't do that before. I'm not talking about money, man. I'm talking about the fallacy of whether or not you should be a team that tries to, as you put it, ride the hot hand or rather see a club that has it come together at the right time, like the Giants did, like the Royals did, like the Nationals did. There's way more evidence of that being successful than there is these big powerhouse teams. That's successful. When that, there's way more evidence of that being successful in terms of the best team on paper didn't win the World Series that year. The best team on paper almost never wins the World Series. And so would you rather have uh, a not the best team on paper that might make the playoffs every year and maybe in that one off off in that one off chance win it all? Or would you rather have a team that wins 90 to 95 games every year to give themselves a chance to be in the postseason every year because they're in a crapshoot, like Billy Bean called it a crapshoot. Once you get there into the tournament, you got to be someone who's there. You got to be someone there. Because as Billy Bean also said, while we're quoting the man, my sh- don't work in the postseason. And it doesn't well, yes, because you don't have superstar players. Because, to win in, in, the post, because so. in the postseason, it's also be why it's also why the Yankees uh, haven't won the World Series in however long. It's also why the Dodgers still haven't won a World Series. Even that, also the because, that because that stuff doesn't work either, does it? But which one would you rather have? Be there every year in the postseason or be there every once every seven and maybe win it that year, that one year? Well, we're not talking about once every seven. Right now, we're talking about potentially three out of four. I see what you're saying. Nope. I three want out of four when half the, at the third out of four hey, and half hey, the teams get into the postseason. I know it doesn't count. I already know it doesn't count. I know the first two didn't count. I know. I get it. I get the end. 2007 didn't count. 2009 didn't yeah, count. Yeah, you can it. make statements like that, but the bottom line is the bottom. That's, the bottom line is that's a, very, that's a very simplified version of the argument. That no, 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 no. I will find you headlines and send you those articles. So I'm not asking for anybody else's headlines. You can send me mine, and then I then I have to answer. Oh. Well, I'm I'm all here's here's why I'm bringing it up to you, good sir. If we may finish on on a a note of pleasantries here, because I know that you know better than a lot of these guys who purposefully are having an unnuanced conversation about the Colorado Rockies, not because not out of any ill intent, because I don't care, and I totally understand why I don't care. The rest of the country misunderstands the Rockies like no other team in baseball. Period. Thank you, and. All I'm asking is that that be a bigger part of the conversation when people are coming in to have a dunkathon on the Colorado Rockies and their management and their philosophy. You can have it be a bigger part of the conversation without making excuses. But if you're, but see, that's that's garbage, and that's why people label why? me but why? Homer because that's because it's their it's facts a mentality. I'm not a Rockies fan, okay? I'm talking about the front office. As as objective journalists, to point out the objective facts when somebody comes in and says something about the Colorado Rockies that isn't true or uses a blanket stat that we know doesn't treat the Colorado Rockies the same as it does everybody else. And we make no attention to correct that and instead use it as a way to further a narrative that's partially true, but also very much debatable. And when this, people act like it's not debatable because I've got this stat and because those people over there think that having a superstar matters more than doing what the A's and Rays do. And so let's just look down on them. I don't think that that's – and I'm not saying team, that that's what you do. I know, I'm but if you can that, have a team – good, sorry. I, I'm just saying that 
it happens a lot. And like you just said, it shouldn't be taken as making excuses when somebody's pointing out objective facts about the Colorado Rockies that don't stand up to this narrative. I'm not talking about it from a media perspective. I'm talking about it from a front office perspective. I'm saying, look, I can't get in their heads. I can't get in what they're thinking. But if based on what we can only we can only garner what we can from what we see as media from the outside. We can't go in and, and be a fly on the wall. Okay, in the, in, in Jeff Bridges' meetings, all right. But from what we see, that that caveat aside, from what we see, or that being said, for what we see, we see a philosophy of how to win that doesn't win. Now, if what happened in 2018 can happen, and then what wait, happened in 2019 can happen. Wait, 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 wait. I'm not going to just let you. That's exactly what I'm talking about. What do you mean? Jeff Breidich took over I was about his to team of this team in 2015, and it was already on the downward side. The first thing he did was a rebuild type of move. So you can hold 2015 against him if you want. Then every year thereafter, the team took significant steps forward, 16, 17, 18. The one down year was 19. And now, based on what everything you've said today, we can't over-exaggerate this year in either the positive or the negative. That's right. So that's all we've got. But there's more positive. There's more winning on Jeff Breidich's record than there is losing. What do you now? Wait thing. a minute. Here's the thing. It goes back to our Twitter discussion. Maybe three or four weeks when when they were off to that really hot start. I think that this was a discussion. We, you, 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 I think you were saying, look, they're showing what they were showing in 17 and 18. They're 11 and three. The thing is, is that you, if you're going to dismiss the argument that they overperformed in 17 and 18, particularly 18, they won 87 games, 17. I think they might've been an 85 win team. But if you, if you look at this club and you say that they are a team that's better than, or their team that wins because they won more than before Jeff Reidish got here with the, with the, with the state of that team, not saying he didn't turn it in the right direction to some degree. What I'm saying is because there isn't a second year, for example, if 2020 was a full year, and they lost, see, 87 games this year, which they might have. If they did, then you have two years to look at and two years to look at. But because right. you have two and one, you are saying, nope, sorry. They are what they were in three years ago, not what they are. You're the one who the said we've got to look at what we've got. That's what we've got, man. We don't have a full season this year. We also can we'll say we have to – it depends on what you're talking about. We can, we can also say we have to look at what we got. Just got 2020 year because some of the guys who weren't – there are a couple guys who weren't on this team, et cetera, et cetera. That's the same thing. The bottom line is, if, the other way. If they if you end can't up in the believe, playoff, if you can't kind of miracle run and get in the believe, NLCS, won't count. If you can't believe that that team overperformed, no seven, it was a miracle. It, you play those no. twenty-one out of twenty-two uh, another hundred times, you probably don't even. You probably don't get the same results. These same statistics twice. will tell you that the Rocky, any Rockies team ever, has overperformed. If you go on just those statistics, yes, that's what they'll tell no, you. No, I think I, I think that I, I think it's, the team that was there's. The team that was put together, the team that was put together in in uh, the early night and in, in the mid nineties, ninety five, ninety six. Then Locker broke his collarbone and everything else. The team in ninety five and ninety six might have had a shot at becoming that sustainable team before Daniel Dowd got here. That sustainable team that you can say actually could win 85, 87 games every year for a little bit. Now, this team is not that team. And the reason why is because, and now we have statistics that can actually look. I think they're unfair, all right, to, to a degree. You you turned me on to that with WRC Plus and war and everything else. But at the same time, if you are going to take 
stats and, and throw them out completely because they they are unfair to some extent. This is a mentality for the front office to throw out by itself because you you can't always look to something else. You've got to figure out how to win. That's the bottom line. If getting figuring out how to win at some point involves we're not going to talk about cores anymore. I completely disagree. They tried that for a decade, Manny. They tried that under Bill Guyvet. The whole "we're not going to talk about Coors anymore." That's completely the opposite of it. Just because Guyvet, just because Guyvet did that, doesn't mean it won't work. That was awful. Doesn't mean it Again, won't work. I'm comparing the records, Jeff Breidich's to Bill Guyvet's. Breidich's is way, way. Way again, better. we're doing. We're saying again. We're not. We're not. You're not. And again, I'm not. I'm not doing this as a fan because I'm not a Rockies fan. But from the front office's perspective, from the front office's from the front office perspective, you either compare yourself to every uh, to other guys before and say, "Yeah, we're okay," in your franchise's history, or you say, "We want to win the World Series." That's oh, it. Well, that. I mean, oh, if that's what we're arguing, then I mean, well, yeah, that's what I you mean, just said. He's way better than Guy Vett was. I mean, he's he's doing things. No, this guy. If you take if you take the entire record, it's probably a, I don't know what his record is. What five hundred ish altogether? Uh, for, yeah, something like five hundred altogether. Well, if you're twenty fifteen, he's going to be under five hundred. If you're no, not, I wouldn't really, no, let's let's throw, throw fifteen out because he's he's his first year, it, the team's a mess. All that. No, uh, so so look, okay, so you're a five hundred team and you've had four years. Um, Overall, yeah. and you've and you've won zero playoff games. Um, well, the Excuse wild card, the wild card Excuse game, me. the wild card Was game, I asked for that? Did I miss Kyle outpitching the winningest pitcher in one game? Years? That's right, because the wild card right. game. So you've won one. So you've won one playoff game. Really field and outplaying a team that everybody said was better because they had more resources and yeah, they won that game. Had more stars. And, yeah, yeah, nobody I, could I, hit. I, but Tony Walters sure. came through, man. He I'm did. telling you, that's he did. No man, that formula is not going to get this team to a championship. Yeah, well, it will one day. No, well, one day, but not this formula is what I'm saying. It will. It will. We'll see. That's why they play the games, and we'll and we'll see. Because as much as as you love your stats and I love mine, they have to play all the games out there. And and well, I I think the ones, but I but I think the ones that you love are are the ones that say, I don't know, uh, the guys hit the guys hitting 360 of course. Who cares if he's hitting 360 of course in 20 games? And you know what? The stats guy, I, I see all y'all out there rooting against the non-stat oriented teams. I watched Mike Petriello rail against the Royals all the way to their World Series championship. Let's not pretend like people don't just have the bias of hoping that their own analysis plays out on the field. Let's let's not well, pretend like we're not just out here going, well, I said so and so is gonna play well. So I'm really hey, glad if the Rockies playing. when the Rockies won when the Rockies went eleven and three to start the season, and I I jokingly had – Nikki was great. Nikki Fomey had put, put that egg on my face on my avatar. That was great because I could use that and say, hey, I'll, I'll keep this on there until they drop back to 500 because I thought they were going to come back. And they so did. did. I. And, the so is, did I. and the thing <laughs> is – And the thing is – People don't understand. No, no, no. That was obvious. No, because I think you, I think you and I you, – you and I think they're, they're – I think they're a 500 team, like 77 to 83 wins. I think you're, what, 85, something like that? Yeah. So – so we're not that far away there. Where we're far away is is that what this team, how this team values its talent. You say they value the talent pretty much appropriately. I say they're way, they're way overvaluing their talent. And because they won 87 games, 91 games in back-to-back seasons, and because this team's never been in the postseason before and it's better than it was before, 
that's no reason to say that as a philosophy overall in the last three, four years that that's working. I think not. it absolutely is because they've got a unique problem that nobody else in sports has. That's why I compare why, them. Why do you think Nolan Arnato, if he was upset, because we don't know really what happened, okay? We, we don't know. Bridage is made out to be the bad guy or whatever, but we don't really know what happened. But I think it's pretty clear Nolan not happy. I think that's pretty yeah. clear. Yeah. Why? Why is a superstar in the middle of all this not happy if something is not right mm -hmm. on the field in terms of what's around him? He was, uh, was he justified? Exactly. Was he no. justified in wondering about his teammates? And I don't think he was wondering about his teammates as much as the front office. No, he was wondering about his teammates, and that's where he was wrong. And that's why I think he threw this team off, and that's why I think he threw himself off. I think Nolan Arenado is not the bad guy here, man. Guys, go. Through I, I didn't say he was the bad guy. Oh, you said is, that plenty of times, man. He's a basically, on this team I mean, right now. yeah, he's a problem no, on this no, team no, right no. now. He's the bad guy on the team right now because he's called out his teammates and he's not backing it up on his own. Bad guy at this the time. Problem on the team right no, now, he's man, not. because he's left forty-five guys on base in the last week and a half. That's, that's the problem the for the. If that's the problem for the team, team, then the team isn't good enough. One guy. This is baseball. This is not LeBron oh, James. This is not Tom Brady. I'm asking this is not football. This is not some. basketball. I'm not this asking him baseball. to carry the team. The notion that Nolan Arenado is being asked to carry a team that's one game under 500 when he's done nothing is so if he goes, if he goes for, for a slump for. Don't he goes through a slump. He goes through a slump for a month. This isn't a slump, Manny. He's not hitting at all, and he's batting fourth. Raimel Tapia this, got on base twenty times, and they cashed him in twice. Is, That's not on the bottom of the line. Do you remember? Uh, do you remember? Tony was it August? When was he slumping? Um, the, the most, the, the most, um, the worst the slump he's had, and the was like August had of twenty eighteen. Was it? No, no, no. The worst slump he's ever had. Was July of nineteen, and it coincided okay. directly. And the, the club lost, right? Yeah. Yep. There, there's something there, right? In professional sports, mid to small market teams go as their superstar does. That's well, what the $35 million dollars for. The Rays don't, don't have a superstar, man. The Rays don't have a superstar. It's fine. And they're 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 leading the AL East by like four games. And they'll lose in the first round of the postseason again. That's every that's year. bogus. No, the it's post season, the, you sound you are the, you are sounding like the guy at the end of Moneyball when the lights go out at the Coliseum saying, "You can't be a bean counter. You can't play baseball this way." Well, the thing about that I mean, is, you, can. is you can't you can't reinvent the game. All this stuff. The thing about it is, is you get a team to the playoffs, they can't have, they have a chance to win it all. If you don't get a team to the playoffs, that chance is zero. Right. That's the problem. Get your team to the playoffs. Get into the tournament, and then take your chances because now that you is really is a post. That's exactly that's been my point this whole time. I think no, you're saying the teams that who get to the teams who get to the playoffs every year, teams who get to the playoffs every year, you want to be one of those. The Rockies aren't that. You're saying mid to small market teams can't be that. Same way, you're, it that's can be that. That's no, that's an oversimplification. I say tell you don't me why the Rays are winning and why the Rockies are not. Just. Just tell me that. Give You've me already laid it out, dude. I've just told you I don't want that formula. Why? Because I they don't win. Care. They win. I don't care. I don't Why care not? about watching a team that wins 90 games every year, goes out in the postseason, never has anybody interesting to watch, never has any superstars, never interesting has Interesting is winning a title. Okay. That's, that's entirely your subjective opinion. I agree, and I think that the Rockies can win a title their way, but – the Rays haven't done it either. They haven't so, done it in 27 right now, years. And hey, look, neither of the Rays look, are the A's. So look, how many times have the Rays Rays made it to the postseason? 
you keep changing the goalpost, Manning. Which is it? Win the it's World not, Series? No, 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 no. You're saying you're, which is it? Uh, you're saying the idea is I'm changing the goalpost from winning to getting to the postseason. I'm saying get to the postseason so you have a shot. Yes, but you're saying get to the postseason season in this very specific way so that you have a shot. You think that the Rays, you think that the Rays, if they got to the postseason for a decade, for a decade, wouldn't win a World Series in that decade? I mean, they haven't. The Atlanta Braves were as well constructed as any club. They won one title in the nineties. Yeah, yeah, slugging. They had the best pitching staff. Put out the best pitching staff of the decade. Of the yeah, one of the best pitching staffs of all time. This. I, I know. I'm, I'm just making the point. It's like, how is it that they only won one? It's 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 when you get to the postseason, there's too many factors. That's why baseball's great. Like you don't know. Right. That's why more than one perspective should be allowed in the conversation. And, and it is. That's why we're having the argument. One, but not everyone who has a different one is biased or looking at the game incorrectly or wrong about how teams should build philosophically or what may eventually lead. Well, to you win. haven't given me the answer nobody about has, why they shouldn't be the Rays or something like that formula for how any one team, if you and I had the formula for how any one team should win or, or be competitive every single year, we'd be out there doing that. So what if they guys do? No so what if the Rockies tried to do something like the teams that win do? That's what I'm saying. And I'm just like, no, they can't. They have to be their own thing. That's right. They play in a completely different environment because the Rockies, when they're at home, have the biggest pitching disadvantage in all of baseball. And the Rockies, when they're on the road, have the biggest, biggest hitting disadvantage in all of baseball. And that's why they can't just operate the way other teams do. And Jeff Breidich is no, not exactly the same way, but I'm telling you. directly related to the fact that the team's been better. But we do have to log this thing off here before too long. We, But they got to play out the rest of the season. And next year as well, obviously, having a full season here would have been much better for the evidence and data in the conversation sure. because right now, as you said, we have three years of Jeff Breidich, two really good ones and one really bad one. And now this one, which you almost have to throw out whether they win the world series or fall completely out of the postseason, It almost means the same from a data perspective. Yeah. Well, that's why and no one that, is probably sticking around. And honestly, that might be worse for the team, not because of how he's playing now. He's, he's going to come back around or whatever. But to your point about flexibility and payroll and whatever else it is that they need to do and, uh, you know, whether it's rebuild, they're going to be forced into it because the opt out and Trevor Story becoming a free agent happened at the same time. So I think yeah, part of the part of it, the problem is, is that you run, into this, you run into this issue where past decisions have marred the, the current situation you're in. Sure, but and that's when all, I'm saying, and when I'm saying, like here, here, maybe you should try a different perspective. Well, it's hard to do that. It's hard well, to change your way. You know but, what I mean? Well, I mean, get that. You know, but Jeff, there's, there's a direction you can go in. Major League Baseball for four four years again, again, of five, I guess now, if we're counting this as his fifth year as a GM in Major League Baseball. Uh, I think he's been really good at making trades. I think he's been absolutely terrible at making free agency signings. Uh, again, we haven't gotten into the development stuff. I think they've been pretty good there i'd give them a b minus to a b i think somewhere in that category but i don't know and that's the other thing that i think is weird about this to me is like you know i thought the givens and pilar acquisitions were good his mid-season trades have mostly been good when they're when they've been buyers um and i don't know how he's going to respond to because these things do come off the books they're not going to have davis shaw mcgee uh desmond and probably not daniel murphy if murphy comes back it's at much less next year so they're gonna have it's gonna be a great opportunity 
And I'm, and I would probably even generally agree with the consensus that I'd be willing to give another GM a shot at spending that money. Um, all of that said, I, I don't think anybody knows for sure what Jeff Breidich would do with that money, whether they would even continue to try to build around Nolan and Trevor, whether they trade those guys for assets and start up a rebuild if this season goes the other way. I really don't think that we know. And like I said, what I keep coming back to is just don't make the same mistakes the second time. And if he does, then I'll be right there with the entire consensus just going, you know what? This guy doesn't know what he's doing. It's, it's been a disaster. You got to get rid of him. But I will continue to beat that drum that because of the Rockies' chaotic environment, when it's sentence one, and, and the final sentence of everything written about this team. And again, I know you know this more than most. You wrote a damn book about it. And it's an extraordinary book and everyone should read it. About Rockies players and, and how they get underrated. And it's not just the hitters. It's the pitchers too. And yeah. in recognizing that, they do need their own proprietary statistics. They can't be going off their own W or the, the wider WRC+. plus. They need their own version of that though. It does a better job of accounting for cool. that. Would be tremendous if they had that. So and, maybe and you guys can work I, on that for them. And here's hey, totally. Here's why I, I get up on my high horse about this a little bit, Manny, because the Rockies came out and they had that big media gathering right after last year went totally to hell, right? And they invited us all out there. And the vast majority of what came out about that was a contentious interaction between Jeff Breidich and Patrick Saunders, where I actually thought, again, surprised. Breidich was actually a little more in the right there. There was a lot about Nolan Arenado's opt-out, trades they didn't make at the deadline. You know what question I asked? Uh, I can't remember now, but I did at the time. What is this club doing to invest more and make analytics a bigger part of your day-to-day operations? Great question. Perfect. And both Jeff Breidich and Bud Black gave what I felt were very earnest answers answers about how that needed to be a much bigger deal. And I, and how Steve Merriman has become a part of that. They're doing a, you know, they got a new hitting machine. They're coming to this late. Whether Breidich is a part of it or not, I do think that the organization has recognized they have to take into account their chaotic environment. Uh, I had long conversations with Jack. Oh, that's no doubt. But they can't and, use it as a crutch. That's no, what I'm they have to attack it head on. They have to use it. They have to find a way to turn it into an advantage. And I think they, they had done so. And, and this is, you know, well, if we were in that office right now, this would be our, our fight because I'd be saying, get relievers. We just can't spend money off, on them. But the, we have to have a lockdown bullpen. You brought up 95, 2007, same thing. 2018, great bullpen. You got to play. Yeah, that's important. You got to hit. It'd be nice to be able to in have it It'd be nice. In Colorado. To be I mean, every club has kind right. of their, I don't know. Every, every club has kind of their calling card, right? Well, the unique thing about the Rockies and it's, this has dogged them for, the course has dogged them for so long. What if this team came out and hit 280 home runs a year? Well, they were not going to do it on the road. So let's say they hit a hundred, let's say they hit 140 homers at home. Okay. As a team during a regular season. That's what this Rockies team ought to be because that is what their home field advantage is of existence. And they went to the playoffs once and they outslugged well, everybody. But they well, couldn't. now we're getting into what you're talking about execution. 
Now you can say there's a philosophy and there's an execution. There's two parts of that. There's one, you have the philosophy. There's two, you actually execute it properly. Was my, was Mike Hampton, was Larry Walker deferring $30 million of his salary so they could hire or they could sign Mike Hampton and Danny Nagel? That didn't work because they got pictures from the outside. Yep. We've seen yep. that. They learned their lesson. They had to. But what I'm saying is there were there have been missteps along the way, of course. And I say that humbly because I'm not a GM and I won't be. And I have no idea how difficult it is, even though I'll say it is difficult. I don't know the degree to which, especially here. But if you're a simple, simple, you're in course, you're here. Dante, Dante said this in the video, and I'm going to make shameless plug if it's okay. Facebook.com slash 104.3 The Fan. Um, part one of the Blake Street Bombers 25th reunion, 25th year reunion. We got four of the five bombers together. Part two next Wednesday, part three of Wednesday after that. But Dante says in there, and that's part one, he says, we used to put us bombers in the last batting practice group. You probably already know this. All right. We, because that's when the pitchers stretched. And we went out there and I was one handing home runs, you know? Yeah. And, and I, and that was a, that was a, a, um, that wasn't to show up. That was actually a, a drill of mine. But we went out there and it was intimidating for them because they had to see what they they were going to face in a few minutes when the first pitch was thrown. Yeah. That's an edge. That is a, a yeah. mental thing, a psychological thing. The Rockies have not had that. I love those then. guys so much. They never won. They were the most inconsistent. They took the Braves to they took the Braves to, they should have been to a duo in the Braves and gotten to that gotten to the NLCS that year. Then yes, that the pitching the pitching was good. The next year we don't have proof that would have been sustainable. That's true, but not not that. But that doesn't that also doesn't disprove the idea that if you're in Colorado and you have sluggers and you have the new Blake Street Bombers, that's going to worry guys. That's going to worry pitchers. I talked to John Smoltz about this. Oh, they will. Were, I just don't think they'll win. I, you have to well, pitch. You just have well, to pitch. if you have well, their idea was a bullpen, okay, and a, an ERA of five from the starters, a bullpen. And sluggers to outslug the other team in the late innings. And for that year at work, then Larry Walker broke his collarbone. Other things happened, and the went, team went, you know, nowhere. Now that doesn't mean it wasn't sustained itself. They might have lost no matter what happened to Walker or what happened in that '96 season. But it doesn't disprove the idea that this could be your calling card and what you are. It doesn't take away the pitching. Look at your stat. You're at your stat, and you're saying you can't have everything. Well, if you make the right decisions, and again, we're we're past that point for Jeff Reitich. You make the right decisions before yeah. you might have that flexibility. Sure. Now yeah. you've got no, to, you have to scoot with around. It's tough. I, so, so let me ask you this then, as, as we wrap this thing up here, because we can't, like you said, there, there's no going back. And yeah. if you were to become the GM at the end of this season for the Colorado Rockies, would your direction be, to trade these guys off and, and rebuild? Or do you do you believe, as I do, which is really the crux of this whole conversation, that there's a core here that's capable of winning, of winning a World Series even, with the pitching that they've got, with the superstar position players core, that they have? Yes. What, so the problem you believe, is that you're, you're stuck financially now. But not, not this offseason you're not. What I'm saying is if no, you're going to no. trade guys, I would trade Nolan. I would trade Nolan Arenado next year before his opt-out. I would uh, retain story, um, and I would try to move. I would try to move Blackman off the books some way, somehow. Now that there's a DH in both leagues, maybe you could do that. I would I try to say, trade that's, him. That's very doable. I would try to trade him. I would keep Story as a centerpiece, and I would start blowing the rest up. So you're trading Dahl, Gray, Marquez. Yes, Dahl. No, no, no. I, I'm, I'm talking about the hitters. The pitching staff core 
that's well, a beautiful you, thing that they've got. Why, but I mean, the pitching staff, they're all going to become free agents and leave before you're going to have the opportunity to build an offense around them if you're trading these other guys. So why keep the pitchers? Well, well not necessarily. You're going to, how, when does, um, when does Freeland go? 23? I think yeah. 23 is the year that most of these guys go. Yeah. You've got two seasons, right? So, so you're going to turn it around by 22. You're not going to necessarily turn it around by then, but that doesn't mean that you're not going to win somebody. You know what I'm saying? And that doesn't mean the culture or not the culture of the clubhouse, but the front office changes to the point where well, not only do you have not only, forget about forget about all that. No, you're you're you have to forget about the front office. You have to, that's a part of this. That's why Nolan or not that's not the whole problem. The question about the talent level of the team. And if the, I'm not asking you a question about Jeff, this is my problem. People can't have this conversation without bringing Jeff Breidich and Dick Monfort in it because they're just such fun punching bags, and I get it. I really do get it. But I'm t- I'm asking you. If you could, what players would you go out and get? If you were completely in charge, I'm putting you. I'm Dick Monfort. You're my GM. Right? I'm the owner of the Rockies. I'm putting you in charge of the club as it is now. You've got financial flexibility. These guys on the team. You're in charge. Okay. With this talented group. Right. What, By the way, how, what do you oh, build around them to make them successful? How fun would that be if you were the president of the team? You were the owner of the team, and I was a GM. Right. That'd be fun. Um, I just gotta start thinking about that. That'd be pretty cool. We'd probably be terrible, but it would be pretty. Oh, yeah. It'd be pretty fun. Um, first of all, you're gonna have your your 35 mil, mil per year guy gone, and probably for a haul of prospects, you're not gonna be paying those guys. Um, secondly, and Nolan Arnato is one of those guys that you're not gonna have to pay down a lot of his salary. You're gonna be able to get. You're gonna be able to unload that without saying they're not gonna be like this dude's 37 and washed up. We don't want that. But if you retain um, Trevor, that's going to him. Retaining Trevor will will so he's let's basically say, gonna get yeah. that 35 million, right? Uh, yeah, roughly. And right. Charlie Blackman is is making more than probably is worth. He's making 20 some million yeah. worth on the field. That's gonna go. That one you might have to pay down some. There's some expenses there. Sure. So sure. You you have you have one to two seasons to figure this thing out. And then you're looking at Marcus, Freeland, Gray. Um, Gray, it's tough to say what Gray is going to be. Marcus and Freeland, I think, are, are the guys that you want to hold on to. Would that be difficult? Sure. Would it be a better situation to be in than you are if you retain Nolan Arenado and Charlie Blackman going on his age 35 season or whatever, and Nolan going 32, 31, 32? I think yes, because there are no perfect solutions in any, any of this because of what's happened. That is the irony of the storm that was caused over the opt-out. The Rockies, as you just said, will actually be in a better position unless they, by some miracle, turn it around for the rest of this year and next year, and then they're just spending money because they're winning or whatever. By some miracle, sure. But but if that doesn't happen, again, I, I would argue by the talent of these young players finally showing through, but you, you I, I did use the phrase, so fair enough. Uh, but if it goes the other way, which I think most people and you would expect it to, well, then turns out that didn't end up being that big of a problem. <laughs> it actually ends up being. Well, actually, it will become an irony because, well, because of, a the, bit of the, the, you know, trade. Well, well absolutely will be ironic because it's what you said in your tweet. They're going to be forced to do this if this keeps going this way. They're right. going to be forced to trade Nolan. Right. Now, right. now, 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 and that's been a known possibility ever since this Aronada stuff blew up in the offseason because it's like, well, but they're not going to get any better probably. So if that's the case, says you, then but, you're going to have to trade him, and it's this whole this whole. But that's um, a good thing for the Rockies. Yes, understand this whole, that. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm not right. saying it's a bad thing. It's a good it's a good thing for the Rockies because of the mistakes made prior, and that's fine. But I think again, when this conversation is had nationally, it's made of 
Yeah, yeah, that's and they'll lose Nolan Arenado, and they're totally screwed because that he's the. Will only it be Will it be a failure that no, you couldn't win with Nolan? Yeah. Yes, absolutely, um, absolutely. That's the failure. The national. I don't think he's going. Is fair to say that. No, but as far as like looking at the situation where they're at, okay, we're here now. What yeah. do we do? Right. I agree. That's, Absolutely. And that's, I think, the biggest issue I have is so many people want to continue to have this conversation over things that, again, I've long admitted, yes, we're issues. But when I try to push the conversation forward, people want to scream at me about Ian. Yeah, Harris. I agree there's an element like, of that because uh, people are fans and they're frustrated that. I'm not talking about fans. You're not? <laughs> no. We're talking uh, media now. Okay. Well. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I think, well, you know, the part of it, too, though, is there is a general, uh, how do I put this? Um, this taste. Yep. This taste for how the Rockies are run. Yep. And I tend to side with that side, obviously, based on what and you've all heard I ask today. Is that you not let that color your analysis too much because they well, color it, their analysis. You know, I, 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 you know, like you said, I wrote a book. I, I put a chapter. I mean, you. I know. I put a whole section in the book about just called course. You know, and. and and the bombers book because it is unfair okay but there's also a comes a point where it's like you know what this is going to be like this from as far as national media whatever we just are going to go and build a team that can get to the playoffs every year and then maybe we get to the nlcs one of those years and maybe we get to the world series one of the years and win one it doesn't not one guy i like that we have three guys that are really superstars and one has a real big beard and we're really they're really beloved here that's let's, another thing this team has been not world the way the media talks about this team doesn't impact their ability to sign free agents either. Let's not act well, like no, no, well, well, no, an MVP no. or but a if you give a guy, but money talks, man. Money talks. Thing. Not that they have it. Not they that they have, have it money. now. That's the not point. Not that they, they have it because of extra. They, and again, they have to pay an extra it's tax. A cart, it's a cart in the horse. It's a chicken in the egg. When everyone's making Make their choice, we have a distaste. We're doing, we're saying what we're saying about the Rockies because we don't like them. It is impendent upon the rest of us who are ob being objective and being called not objective to stand up and say, no, actually, that's not what's going on here. Take a look at the actual facts of the case. And so it's well, there definitely has right. to be Whether you, they, have to, you have to be there because that's you're the stopgap to that. And I, I respect that. And I think that's a very, very, very important part of if other people um, the conversation. All I can do is ask other people to be more diligent about it because if other reporters and, and I try all the time, I talk to other people in the media, I'm talking to you here now. And I, I would hope that to some degree that would extend out to the Mike Petriellos and the Dan Zimborskis and the people of the world that show up in my mentions and then take off and have these conversations very quickly, mostly so that they can show up and have a personal beef with the GM, use some Data well, let me let me say, and, and you just admitted that that personal beef is there. So all I want people to do, I didn't say personal beef is there. I said there's I a distaste. Uh, okay, I I think that there, I think that there, there's yeah, some hairs there. There's validity to it, and because look, look, the thing is, is that those for a lot of things, as I did today, and those guys will do this too. They'll throw stats at you, and you'll be like, those are stupid. So, but I that's, that's a problem as well. No, I you explain why you explain why, but you also dismiss the entire stat isn't valid. I did that with one statistic for one very specific purpose. I, in that very specific instance, I said it has absolutely no use, and I stand by. It. And by the way, 
Kill it. I was going to say, if, if you're going to talk about people throwing out statistics completely. The win is not a statistic. It's a designation, a W or an L next to a guy's still, name. It's still a statistic. But, you know, no, it can't, we can't go. We can't veer to that side now. Batting average. And somebody's been like, oh, you mentioned a batting average. You're not. No, batting average is useful. Too. Oh, yeah. And no, no, no. I can't even. It can be in the right context. You, you mentioned a thing. So, no, I don't do that to people. In a very specific instance, any given stat can be useless or useful except for maybe the win you've look, man, I've come toward you on that. You've, and you've come to WRC plus stuff. So let's, let's right. Because at the end of the day, it's like with, it's like, it's at the end of the day, it's like that time. Was it Tracy and I were arguing about something like crazy vehemently on your podcast. And then like we, we were having, that was like, that's like every time we come on your podcast, right? So um, the two of us, and then like, I'm having, we're having dinner and like, you know, sitting cordially and talking and stuff. And, and, I think Patrick or somebody came by that you guys aren't allowed to eat together. And like yeah. Twitter thinks that we like absolutely are mortal, mortal enemies. And this is, we are so blessed to be able to have fun in sports. Like we can do this. Like we can, we can talk about this stuff and get in heated arguments. And then after this is all done, we're all good because, well, Hey, it's, it's the toy department. Trying to predict the future, which is one impossible. And two, it's, it's, it's about whether or not grown men can, and we'll continue to hit a ball with a stick. Uh, <laughs> and it's amazing that we get to do that. Right. <laughs> Absolutely incredible. So yeah. I don't think there's any better way to, to end it right there than that. Thank you, Manny, so much, man. It, it's Thank been you. A Always fun. Gotten a, a real deep one of these ones. And I know we, uh, we've had you on recently, but since it's really diving into it, man, this felt good. Absolutely. Always fun. I love you, man. I appreciate you. And um, hey, let's do it again sometime soon. Yeah, absolutely. Because we didn't even get into the farm system. We argued for an hour. I know we didn't. At twenty-two yeah. seconds, we need Patrick. Patrick, get back here. Yeah, right. We'll we'll do we the farm ref. system next time with Patrick Lyons for sure. And and he's gonna have to wear his ref shirt. Yes, <laughs> wrestling referee shirt, whatever. I really hope he still got one of those. All right, everybody. Oh, yeah. uh, like is it? You can find Manny's stuff at MLB.com over at Statcast, which has now become just an indispensable part of uh my daily baseball routine as you know a lot of those numbers i got on nolan arenado to take my whack at him as people uh took it straight off a Statcast page uh just all the data there that you can find um from game to game too i really love the um like all the hard hit balls next to each guy uh, throughout fire. the day or the pitcher the fire, the fire token um i love yeah. being able to compare how many hard hit balls per games the barrels like all of it's become so much more streamlined, like uh, the work that's clearly gone into to making all that stat cast information that much more digestible. And every player's page, it's just mwah, beautiful. Shout out to Jason Bernard, Darren Woman, the guys, Tom Tango. You guys are tremendous. They're, they're the ones that get great credit for all that. Yeah, like I said, I, I use it every single day. I have it up during every game. Uh, I've also got my copy of the Blake Street Bombers on me everywhere I go. Actually, well, I've got it on my desk every time I do a podcast right here. Oh, like everywhere you go, man, that's a little bit. Uh... I'm taking it everywhere. Well, well, back when I would travel, I remember when, when traveling was a thing, when I drove oh, man, down, yeah. back and forth and mom and I were reading in the car, going to spring training, reading a book about the Blake Street Bombers written by a phenomenal reporter and writer, and more importantly, a great human and friend. My friend Manny Randawa, thank you so much, man, for thank uh, you. hanging out. So Always make fun. sure everybody out there that you're following us on social media at Drew Creaseman, at you're just at Manny Randawa or Manny on MLB. Manny right? on MLB, yeah. 
at Patrick D. Lyons, at DNVR underscore what Rockies. I almost threw my own last name out there. That's not quite how it works. Brandon hasn't given me quite that much control yet. One day, one day. <laughs> underscore Creaseman. Uh, Got to make that a thing. And just make sure you're subscribed to the DNVR.com so you don't miss out on any of our written content. You also get discounts on hats and shirts. And if you come down to the bar, you also get discounts on beer and stuff, which is pretty cool. So just make sure that you're hanging out with us, continuing to be absolutely awesome baseball fans out there, debating but coming to peaceful and friendly terms at the end of the day, as all good baseball fans should. Other than that, we can only promise you that we will remain absolutely Drew Creaseman and Manny Randawa. And until next time, we will see you the ballpark.